Are you passionate about your professional future but not sure what's next? The Ohio State University Fisher College of Business can take your education and career to the next level with its highly ranked Working Professional MBA. With flexibility to earn a degree entirely on campus, online, or a mix of both, an MBA from Ohio State is more accessible than ever. To get started, visit go.osu.edu WPMBA. The Ohio State University Max M. Fisher College of Business, where principled leaders are created. Dunkin' Refreshers are the perfect way to get a little more out of your day. With more tropical flavors like new mango pineapple and more ways to get glowing. Available with green tea, coconut milk, or lemonade. You've got what you need to make the most out of every moment. Even the ones spent stuck in traffic. <sighs> what a beautiful day. Sip into all your favorite Dunkin' Refreshers, like new mango pineapple. America runs on Dunkin'. Price and participation may vary. Limited time offer. Additional charges may apply. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone. A place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome to the X Zone, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the X Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction, and fiction is reality. And the X Zone is brought to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern on the X Zone Broadcast Network and our growing family of broadcast affiliates, internet networks, and satellite providers right around this world of ours. Worldwide toll-free, 800-610-7035. Email xzone at xzoneradiotv.com. On all social media sites, TV and our main website, www.xzoneradiotv.com. My first guest tonight is Hilda Graft, and Hilda has been blessed with a calling to help you make the most of your life. First and foremost, this means introducing you to your primary spirit guide, who's been with you since birth. Our guides patiently wait for us to acknowledge them, but once we do, there is no end to the guidance and blessings they provide. With the help of her guide, John, Hilda is able to connect with your personal guide and speak directly to him or her, just as she speaks with her friends and family. Joining me now is Hilda Graf, and her website is www.hildagraf.com. Dot com And Hilda, welcome to the X-Zone. Thank you, Rob. It's a pleasure to be here. Hilda, what started you on your quest into the world of spirituality, the world of the paranormal? Um, actually, um, this was less than a decade ago mm-hmm. when um, TV uh, series first began with the uh, paranormal investigations. Mm-hmm. And I watched some of these, and up to this point, I quite frankly did not believe uh, that there were such things as spirits. Mm-hmm. I went against what I'd been taught uh, religiously throughout my life. 
Um, but as I watched these, um, a particular thing that caught my interest was um, the matter of EVP, which is electronic voice phenomena. Mm-hmm. And uh, this has been recognized since uh, Edison um, invented the first uh, audio recording uh, method. Uh, he found that you could record in what seemed to be a silent environment. And when you played back what you had recorded, uh, you could hear voices. And he speculated that these might be uh, the voices of spirits. And uh, over the years, um, of course, the method of recording has improved greatly. So many of the um, uh, the naysayers, the things that they would point out as being an explanation for this, um, those things have been eliminated over time. So that now with digital recordings, um, it's a pretty sure thing that um, these are voices that are being recorded at that time and they are not something that's being picked up stray radio uh, waves or anything of that sort but um, at the time I decided to see if I could do this or what would happen when I did this and so uh, my husband and I went to a bed and breakfast that um, is in South Carolina it's an old plantation in from the mid-1800s and it's reported to be haunted, so um, I called, made our reservations, and went there. And right away, I um, took out my laptop. Um, I had a an, an auto recording program on it, and um, I had my husband to, uh, you know, handle that part of it, do right. recording. And I sat, you know, across the room, and I asked, "Is there anyone here that wants to speak to me?" And uh, after letting the uh, uh, recording over a while, um, I nodded. My husband turned it off. We played it back, and we were just totally shocked um, to hear just part of it was noise mm-hmm. that had not been in the environment, uh, very unusual fluctuating noises that couldn't be accounted for, and then eventually um, a male voice um, that spoke several words. And um, I was thrilled. My husband was sort of shocked and not so sure he wanted to continue (laughs) with this. But uh, the following uh, day, I asked uh, if we might record in all the different guest rooms. Right. uh, The owner graciously allowed us to do that. Hilda, I hate to to interrupt you, but I've got to take a two-minute commercial break here. So you're going to have a bit of a cliffhanger. ExoNation Hilda Graf is our special guest this hour, www.hildagraff.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Whatever you do, don't go away. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, Hilda Graf is my special guest this hour, www.hildagraf.com. Before we get back to Hilda, I would just like to remind everyone that we have started a petition today. It is called Stop Ebola Petition. What we are trying to do is get the Canadian government to stop 
allowing people into Canada from Africa, any African hotspot, refuse, deny entrance, whether they are coming into Canada for the first time, whether they're re-entering Canada as a visitor or even as a citizen until the threat of Ebola has been totally eradicated. Now, we know that Mr. Duncan, who is presently in a Texas hospital, lied to officials before he got on the plane. He said on a form he did not have any contact with anyone who had Ebola, and we know this was a lie. So it, it seems that the balance and checks that we are, have in place right now are not going to work. That is why we are petitioning the Canadian government, the Prime Minister of Canada, the Right Honourable um, Stephen Harper, as well as the Honourable Stephen Blaney, who is the Minister of Public Safety and selected members of Parliament to stop these people from coming into Canada. It's, it's plain, it's simple. The website is www.stopebolapetition.com. Hildegraf is my guest, Exxon Nation, www.hildegraf.com. And before we went to the commercial break, Hilda, we were, you, were, you were telling us about you and your husband going to this bed and breakfast. Uh, you started a recording program on your computer your husband came back, and he's listening, and you're listening, and you hear noise, and then you hear voices. What did the voices say? Um, on the first recording, um, I could not understand because um, the man said about five syllables, and we listened and listened, and it sounded uh, like a Native American tongue. And I later found out that... Um, Two of the spirits that a clairvoyant had contacted there at the end were Native Americans. Mm -hmm. um, the following day, though, when I uh, went into other rooms and recorded, um, I ended up talking with two small boys. Um, and it was amazing. I could ask them a question and just do a few seconds recording and then listen back and have... Uh, their answers. So we carried on a responsive uh, conversation for quite some time and it was at that point I realized that the EVP which uh, paranormal investigators were using just as trying to find a proof that yes there is such a thing as mm -hmm. spirits. Um, and so they're looking for a word or two words or whatever um, that everyone can understand and you know it supports their theory that really this was a method to um, actually communicate uh, intelligently yeah with I, I, I've heard that I've heard that before from many uh, from many psychic investigators that that they're able to carry on a, a conversation between themselves and and the spirits Um what kind of questions would you ask the spirits? Um, originally, I was asking um, their names, mm -hmm. um, their ages. Uh, I could always tell which gender. Generally, I could tell if I was speaking to a child or an adult because their voices came through quite clearly. Right. Um, I would ask um, about why they were at this particular location whether they had a connection with the family who had lived there, um, and so forth. 
I didn't ask them how they died because um, I wasn't doing it for that reason. It wasn't right. out of curiosity. Um, sometimes they volunteered that information, um, but that wasn't my focus. Uh, however, at that time, I didn't know really what to do with this, other than these people were very anxious to talk. They were very happy to find someone that could hear them, understand them, but I didn't know what purpose it served. And so I just said, obviously, there's something that can be done with mm -hmm. this. I need to know how to do this, what I need to do, um, and I'll do it, whatever it is. And um, over time, what I realized is that these people actually were not where they should be. Uh, some were unhappy, some were relatively happy, but none of them were where they should be because having uh, died a physical death, they should have been in the spirit realm. Um, they had not crossed over at death. And so they were in a sort of in-between. Not having a physical body, they could no longer operate effectively here uh, in this realm. And yet they were not in contact with spirit. Um, so there, any questions that they might have were not being answered. Consequently, there were some who were very um, distressed, afraid or they were using their past religious um, teachings to try to understand why they were in this place that they did not expect to be. And um, it was then that I started to ask them why. First I asked, did you see a light revealed mm -hmm. to you at the time of your death? Which they would say yes. And I would ask, what made you decide not to enter the light. You know, what was your uh, thinking process at that time? And I have always gotten many different answers. Sometimes these people died sudden violent deaths and it was very emotionally traumatic. They were very uh, confused and um, not thinking clearly. Sometimes because it did not fit with their religious beliefs, they did not know what to do. They felt it was better to do nothing. Um, there were even those who felt like uh, they were going to be punished um, for things they had done wrong in this lifetime if they left where they were. And so these people were keeping a low profile. And um, there were people who felt an obligation to stay because they could see their family members uh, grieving their death and they wanted to stay near their family thinking at that time that they might in some way be able to help them um, but soon discovering that they were ineffective in that position because they couldn't make themselves seen or heard and so um, over the years I've found when I talk to these people, they are, some are immediately willing and wanting to leave. Um, They're anxious to cross over, mm -hmm. and some have questions, and I answer those questions as best I can, and invariably, um, they are shown the light, and they do cross into the spirit realm. Tell, tell me about self-centric spirituality. Um. I use the term to refer to 
personal spirituality that is completely based on the mm -hmm. individual. Okay. Um, the level of the individual's understanding, their perceptions, their needs. Um, it begins within their heart. Uh, it germinates there. It blossoms there. It is peculiar to them because each person is a unique individual. And when it comes to true spirituality, it's not a one-size-fits-all uh, proposition. So why do you call it or refer to it as an anti-religion? Um, it has been my experience when I am helping people to cross over. Um, I have talked to people of very, very many different religions. Mm -hmm. um, and they have discovered that what they had been taught did not turn out to be true. Um, they will speak of this, they will speak about how confusing it was, um, how they expected to, for instance, be in heaven. They were in heaven, they were standing in a spirit form looking at their own body. Um, how that, um, at that point, they would question, I thought I did the right thing, I thought I did what I was taught to do, I expected that uh, I was going to be taken to heaven or, you know, to whatever the uh, end result is for a particular religion. And they're um, in shock mm -hmm. <laughs> that it hasn't played out the way they expected. And hearing that time and time again um, just has led me to believe that religions in general are failing um, the followers. And then at a point that is crucial, um, in fact. So where is religion failing, in your opinion? Because the teachings that are um, being given are based somewhat in truth, but in every case these have been, uh, things have been interpreted differently mm -hmm. by groups. Um, things have been added to or taken from. And so what is, if you study religions, you see that there are certain um, aspects that are common to our religion. Sure. But they have um, embellished yeah. these things and created um, a set of um, beliefs or tenets or whatever that, are really coming from man and they are being presented as um, the answer. Well, we also have to realize that the religious philosophies are several thousand years old. They were written in a time where there was no knowledge of science, there was no knowledge of geography, there was no knowledge of physics, biology, and the established sciences that we have today. So, yes, they were interpreted and many times misinterpreted because of the lack of knowledge. However, I believe that if the Bible was written today, or any religious philosophy was based on the knowledge that is known today, it would be totally different. Stand by. You and I have to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Hilda Graf is our special guest, Exonation, www. 
www.hildegraph.com. This is the Exxon. My name is Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Send me your emails, exxon at exxonradiotv.com. On all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV and our main website, www.exxonradiotv.com. I just received a bulletin from our newsroom. There is now a possibility of an Ebola patient in a hospital in Toronto after traveling from West Africa. We'll be back on the other side of this news break. Don't go away. Welcome back to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell. This is just in from our newsroom. A, tr- a patient at Toronto Hospital being tested for Ebola. A patient at a University Health Network hospital in Toronto is in isolation after being tested for Ebola, along with other illnesses after coming down with a fever following travel from West Africa. The Health Network's VP of Public Affairs says it's unlikely that the patient has Ebola and has called the test a precaution. Test results will be available in 24 hours, and we'll have more news updates as more information becomes available. Hilda Graf is our special guest this hour, www.hildegraf.com. And um, Hilda, you say that your own religious background and your present views of organized religion are linked together. How so? Um, I was brought up in fundamental Christianity. Um, at nine years old, I made a profession of faith, and I was thoroughly indoctrinated in those teachings. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually a uh, um, fundamental pastor's wife for 15 years. So I'm very familiar with um, their interpretation and their views, and um, they are very, very structured and very strict. Um what I saw in that, and even as a child, I questioned, um, was the idea that when you were making a decision or a choice or you were considering a choice that someone else made, it was considered wrong to um, even uh, acknowledge that there might be extenuating circumstances. In other words, rules were black and white, Mm -hmm. and there was no allowance for the individual, what situations they might have uh, endured, um, what their present situation was. Um, And to consider this was called situational ethics. And this was, of course, frowned upon. And um, it really depersonalized this Christianity um, and it also led to attitudes of pride and um, and being judgmental. Because even while they are saying um, we love mm-hmm. everyone and uh, it's wrong to judge, in fact, that was what they were doing. Um, because they were saying, okay, you did this this is wrong according to the Bible or according to our interpretation, which is, of course, correct. Mm -hmm. And and so you are in the wrong. And that was it. That was, you know, the end. And to me, that is not what Spirit intended. Um, The relationship between uh, 
spirit and man to be. Um, we know that spirit is very familiar with each of us, what our circumstances are, and those things, I believe, are taken into consideration. And to have a list of do's and don'ts um, that we refuse to um, in any way modify or anything. I'm not talking about cases where, you know, you're doing something to harm other mm -hmm. people. Of course that's wrong. I'm talking about um, these other little things that um, different religions will um, make their platform. But this is, how, this is how it's been from the very beginning of recorded history. You know, and, and if the spirit world is real, as so many do believe, why then doesn't everybody share the same view on spirituality, if it is all-encompassing? Right. Um, the thing being that the failing is not with spirit, the failing is with mankind. Um, or, or is spirituality just another religion like Catholicism, Christianity... You know, what's the difference? Spirituality is not a religion because there is no uh, dogma. There's no creed. There's no... Um, so, it's, so it's a free-range uh, philosophy. It is each individual's relationship that they establish with spirit, mm -hmm. and it is unique to them. We don't all have the same purpose in this life. We don't all have the same path to follow. And so it stands to reason that we all can't go by the same guidebook or the same uh, set of rules or teachings. But um, you as a medium communicate with, with people on the other side. Am I right? And is, is your guide named John? Yes. Okay. <laughs> So if somebody goes to you because they do not have the ability to communicate with their guides mm -hmm. and they come to you and you communicate with John, is that not the same as somebody going to an established religion like Christianity or Catholicism and asking the priest or the minister for advice or, or speaking about a situation and you both pray? Isn't that the same thing? No. Why not? Uh... John is not, um, I don't consider him to be a, a, a religious figure, someone who is authoritative. But that's how you consider it, all right? Well, and, and I'm not the it, only one who feels this way. All right, but, is it, but isn't it true, isn't it true that according to spiritualists, that everyone has free will? Yes. All right, so if someone wants to believe in their religion... And if somebody wants to believe in spirituality, who's to say you're right or they're wrong, or they're wrong and you're right, because you have free will? Right, exactly. And I am not interested mm -hmm. in proselytizing or convincing someone to leave their religion, but I am interested in being here for those people who have are not happy where they are. They're not being fulfilled in religion, and I don't care what religion it is, uh -huh. any organized religion, 
um, they do not feel like their needs are being met. It, it, could it be that with established religions that you are not usually on a one-to-one basis, that when somebody goes to a medium or a spiritualist or a psychic, it's a one-on-one encounter? Yes, and that's very true, because if you're speaking to one person, Mm -hmm. that person is looking at you as an individual. They're open to hearing what you have to say about your situation. Um, Nothing is generalized about it. So tell me... um how do you know, or, or what is your success rate, for a lack of better words, when you're talking to somebody who comes to you for, for a connection with, with, your, with your spirit guide? Um, depending on how serious these people are about establishing um, true communication with their guide, mm-hmm. it's very successful. Where do you get the information from, or where does John get the information that you relate to the person sitting in front of you? If I am helping someone to meet their guide, Mm -hmm. um, I'll ask John's assistance, and John brings their guide to me so that I can speak directly with them, and I'll relay word for word what the guide has to say to this person. Often, the guide will refer to things that are going on Mm -hmm. right at that very time, that I don't know anything about, um, but they are um, situations that are very pressing. Gotcha. Individual, and that is a reassurance for them that they truly have made contact um, with a spirit who has a personal interest in them and does know what's going on. Well, can you connect with John and ask him who my spirit guide is and if my spirit guide can relate any information to you? I could do that, but I don't do it like this. Why not? <laughs> because I use the recording method. So what I would do is agree to a time to talk with you, and then I would record and relay the message to you. So it's a back-and-forth sort of thing that couldn't be done right now or wouldn't efficiently be done right now. If um, you had unlimited time, yes, I could do it with you here. But um, So you just can't contact your guide to contact my guide. It has to be prearranged. Yes, to a degree, yes, because um, the contact is made in the spirit realm between guides. Um, These are individuals. This is not like, you know, poof, and there it is. (laughs) These are individuals who Mm -hmm. communicate much as we communicate. Then how come I've, I've had other people on the show who've been able to contact spirit guides on the other side and, and give me messages? I've had psychics who've been on the show and giving given me readings right off the bat. So I, 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 I'd like to know what is different from the way that that you contact your spirit guide and your spirit guide connects with my spirit guide. Um I, I always thought that I always thought that mediums could communicate no matter when or where upon request. Exactly. Well, not all mediums operate in the same way. Um, that's not my method. And I'm not concerned about it not mm-hmm. being my method because my um, desire yeah. is to help people not to perform and... Also, I don't feel compelled to 
convince people um, of my um, that I have valid abilities. In other words, because if I'm working with someone one on one, they find that out. Okay, they, and that's what's important to me. The person that I'm speaking with at the time, mm-hmm. um, I do not. Uh, work in front of groups and I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that at all and I realize yes there are psychics and mediums who receive messages immediately Mm -hmm. Um, that's not how it works for me why do you you think that is I really am not certain I think it's like anything else if you offer yourself to be used by spirit, mm-hmm. he's going to use you in the optimal way. Uh, we don't all have the same strengths. Uh, we don't all have the same temperament, personality. So the message doesn't come right away sometimes. You ask the question, and sometimes it takes time for the answer to come back to you. Yes, and oh, if I'm reaching someone mm-hmm. for a relative, for instance, they want to know, um, about the deceased one. Right. I can't, I don't always, um, I put the word out there mm-hmm. that I want to speak to them. Um, but then it may be two or three days later when I'm able to actually talk with them. So it's like a prayer. You know, people pray and they ask questions and they hope that God or whoever their deity is that gives them an answer. Well, not so much prayer as making an appointment with another person so that you can sit down and talk with them. So it is a little bit like a religion. How do you see that? Well, you (laughs) ask your guide for information or to connect. People pray to God or Jesus for guidance. I don't see a difference. A guide is not um, a deity. Well, what is a guide then? A guide is a person who has, we are created eternal souls. Who created us? The source. Is the source another word for God? Um, You could, it's semantics. You could say God. You could call, uh, you could say anything. The Mm. thing that's important is your perception that this is a divine being who does know uh, all there is to know about you, and who is in a position to um, assist you uh, on your path. So why doesn't everybody get this information on their own? Why do they have to go to psychics and mediums? If this is real, if this is true, if everyone does have a spirit guide, why don't? Why isn't this inherent? Um, because a spirit guide... Is someone that we have chosen before an incarnation? Right, but what I'm saying is, uh, right, what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying is, why should I, for example, have to go to you, for example, to get answers from my spirit guide? Why and doesn't do my not. spirit you guide? Wait a second. Wait a second. Wait a second. Why doesn't my spirit guide communicate with me directly? If you are open to communication with your spirit guide, you make yourself available mm-hmm. through um, meditation or some type of uh, quieting of your thoughts. Right. And give yourself over to this open, 
then yes, you can receive um, communication directly from your guide. So do you believe in reincarnation? Yes, I do. So if I have been reincarnated, and if I have come with a predestined plan, would I not have the knowledge already to communicate directly with spirit without having to go through anyone else? Would this not be inherent in me when I come back? Um, that's not how it is. <laughs> how do we know that's not how it is? We're surmising a lot here. Um, okay, in my experience and to, uh, with all those that I've talked to right. who are deceased, <laughs> that's not how it works. Um, we come um, with a plan, but uh, we don't, if we were to come with all the answers, uh, the recall for everything, all our past lives, et cetera, et cetera, then we would not be having this growing experience. Okay, stand by. We've got to take our final break for this hour. Exonation. My guest this hour is Hilda Graff. And uh, as I was saying, the information we received from the news department about a patient at a Toronto hospital being tested for Ebola is the, uh, the patient is at a University Health Network hospital in Toronto in isolation and being tested for Ebola, along with other illnesses after coming down with a fever following travel from West Africa. Uh, they should have the results of the testing in 24 hours. If you'd like more information, contact Health and Welfare Canada, your local health department, or go to the CDC website at www.cdc. Uh, what is it? Uh, GC? Yeah. All right. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. www.hildegraff.com is the website of our guest this hour, Hilda Graff. Uh, Hilda, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about reincarnation and uh, why you believe, based on the experience of communicating with those on the other side, we don't come back with all this knowledge. Then why is it that so many people want to be regressed so that they can remember their past lives. And when they remember their past lives, why isn't this information forthcoming that they can communicate with their spirits without having to go to a psychic, without having to go to a spiritualist, without having to go to a medium? Why is this the missing link in the entire reincarnation scenario? Um, well, first of all, I did not go to a psychic or a medium mm-hmm. in order to meet my guide, John. How did you um, How did you meet him? I opened up to him. I began meditating, and I began to hear him speak to me. Mm-hmm. And the same thing can be done by anyone. Uh, I am certainly not saying I am the only way okay. that you're going to meet your spirit guide. Not at all. Um, I am here for those who are having problems with it or who don't feel uh, confident in it or secure in it. Some people are a little bit um, frightened by the idea um, and they like the support and the help from someone else. But no, spirituality, it's not dependent on anyone other than the person themselves. If they open up to it, if they are seeking, then they will find. As far as regression, Mm -hmm. It's very interesting to people to know what, you know, some of their past lives have been. Um, Frankly, I know about four different lives, and some of those 
I look at and I'm horrified. Really? To think that I lived that way, that I did these things against people. Um, not all past lives, you know, people would say, oh, I, you know, have discovered that I was a, you know, great warrior or yeah. I was a princess. <laughs> um, I've discovered things that have shamed me to think, how could I have ever been um, that indifferent to the welfare of other people? Um, and I can see mm -hmm. with the passing of time and additional incarnations that I have grown because now these are things that are uh, an abomination to me that I would never do against another person. Um, so that's what um, reincarnation is, is that each life you are um, growing closer um, to spirit and to the ideal of unconditional love for others. This is not something that is innate, unconditional love. Um, people, um, it's very easy to love your family, your friends, so forth. It's not easy to love someone that you know is working against you or has done something in the past that has uh, caused you harm, caused harm to your loved ones. Unconditional love comes from spirit. And with each incarnation, we are um, growing closer to the point where we can um, feel this love, we can express this love. Hilda, we've got to say so long for tonight. Uh, thank you very much for joining us. Exonation Hilda Graf has been my guest this hour. www.hildagraf.com. Tell me, are you a skeptic or are you a believer? I've got to tell you, Exonation, the fact that she could not connect with spirit and she needs two or three days to get an answer, to me, is a red flag. We'll be back on the other side of this commercial break with the news as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. All I can tell you is, consumer, be aware. Redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You too could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.